Chapter Eight of In the Footprints of the Padres by Charles Warren Stoddard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eight in Yosemite Shadows. Yosemite, September. Come at once. The year wanes. Would you see the wondrous transformation, the embalming of the dead summer in windings of purple and gold and bronze? Come quickly before the white pall covers it. Delay no longer the waters are low and fordable the snows threaten but the hours are yet propitious and such a welcome awaits you as solomon in all his glory could not have lavished on sheba's approaching queen there was much more of the same sort of high-toned epistolary rhetoric written and sent by a dear hand whose fanciful pen seemed touched by the ambrosial tense of autumn so the year was going out in a gorgeous carnival before the lent-like solemnity of winter was assumed i had only two things to consider now first it was already too late to hasten thither and enjoy the splendid spectacle so freely offered and so alluring secondly could i if yet in time venture so boldly upon the edge of winter and risk the possibility nay probability of being snowbound for four or six months thirty miles from any human habitation i did not long consider i felt every moment that the soul of summer was passing i scented the ascending incense of smoking and crackling boughs what a requiem was being chanted by all the tremulous and broken voices of nature would i could i longer forbear to join the passionate and tumultuous miserere it seemed that i could not for gathering about me the voluminous furs of siberia i bade adieu to friends not without some forebodings awakened by the admonition of my elders then dropping all the folly of the world like a monk i went silently and alone into the monastery of a sierran solitude resigned trusting prayerful what an entering it was with slow devotional steps i approached the valley there was a thin veil of snow over the upper trail it was smooth and unbroken as i came upon it following the blazed trees in my way footprints of bear and fox squirrel and coyote were traceable the owl hooted at me and the jay shot past me like a blue flash of light uttering her prolonged shrill cry as for the owl i could not see him but i heard him at startling intervals give the challenge who are you so i advanced and gave the countersign i don't believe it was for his grave face alone that the owl was chosen symbol of wisdom not too soon came the steep and perilous descent into the abysmal depths of the mountain fastness it is a shame that pilgrims who come up thither do not time their steps so as to reach this ultima thule of old times and ways at sunset then the magnificence of the spectacle culminates that new world below there is illuminated with the soft tints of eden what unutterable fullness of beauty pervades all the forests those moss-like fields are forests and mighty ones too are all aflame with the burnished gold of sunset brightening the gold of autumn for gold twice refined as it were gilds the splendid landscape only think of that picture shining through the mellow haze of indian summer and flashing with a lambent glimmer of a myriad glassy leaves 
you cannot see them moving yet they twinkle incessantly and the warm air trembles about them while you hang bewildered from a toppling parapet four thousand feet above them birds swing under you in mid-air streams leap from the sharp cliff and reel in that sickening way through the air that your brain whirls after them one is tired anyhow by the time he has reached this far and a night camp in the cool rim of this world to come is just the panacea for any sort of weariness take my advice sleep on it and drop down on the wings of the morning while the sun is filling up this marvellous ravine with such lights and shadows as are felt yet scarcely understood refreshed amazed bewildered go down into that solemn place and see if you are not more saint-like than you dared to think yourself when the times are out of joint as they frequently are come up here forget men and things don't imagine we are as bad as we seem for it is quite certain we might be a great deal worse if we tried while you bemoan our earthliness you may not be the one saint among us coming down with the evening i was scarcely at the gates of the inner valley when night was on me of this gate it is formed of a ponderous monument on the right called cathedral rock and on the left it is the one bald spot in the sierras the great el capitan the arch over this primeval threshold is the astral dome of heaven and the gates stand ever open there is no toll taken in any mansion of my father's house and this is one of them passing to the door of my host i lift the latch noiselessly before me dawned fresh experiences at my back night gathered deeper than ever and all around i seemed to read the rubric of life's new lesson we are a comfort to ourselves six of us all told summer invites our little company into a breezy hotel over in the shadow across the valley winter suggests a log cabin an expansive fireplace plenty of hickory and as much sunshine as finds its way into our secluded hermitage so we are done up compactly in between thick walls our hard finish being in the shape of mud cakes in the chinks of the logs and a very hard finish it is but we take wondrous comfort withal how do i pass the hours leaving my friends i wander forth after breakfast in any direction that pleases me take to-day this sheep-path it leads me to a pebbly beach at a swift turn of the merced that clump of trees produces the best harvest of frost-pointed leaves there are new varieties offered every day at an alarming sacrifice and i invest largely in these fragile wares to-morrow i shall go yonder across three tumultuous streams upon three convenient logs broad and mossy some book or other goes with me and is opened now and then such books as plant life the sexuality of nature studies in animal life suggest themselves open these anywhere and each is annotated and illustrated by the scene before me every page is a running text to the hour i glorify perhaps a leaf falls into my lap as i sit over the brook on a log a single leaf gilded about its border in the centre a crimson flush fast swallowing up the original greenness the whole will presently be bronzed and sombre o oh, leaf how art thou mummified 
we do not think of these little things of nature look at this leaf what is its record how many generations think you are numbered in its ancestry a perpetual intermarriage has not weakened its fibres the anatomy of this leaf is perfect and the sap of this oak flows from oak to acorn from acorn to oak in an interminable and uninterrupted succession since the first day what are your titles and estates beside this representative what is your heraldry with its two centuries of mould your absurd and confused genealogies your escutcheons blotted no doubt with crimes and errors when this zion which i am permitted to entertain for a moment comes of a race whose record is spotless and without stain through ten thousand eventful years why eve would recognize the original of this stock from the mere family resemblance do you think these days tiresome it is embarrassing for some people to be left alone with themselves they can no longer play a part for there are none like themselves to play to the sun and stars know you well enough most likely better than you yourselves do i like this i would out and say to myself here is a confidant day hides nothing from me or you it expresses all exposes all even that which we might not ask to see it is best that we should see it there are no errors in nature walking the squirrel nods to me i nod back and why shouldn't i not nature has familiarly introduced us squirrel munches under his tail canopy till i am out of sight jabbering all the while what sage little fellows go on four feet i believe an animal has all the instincts of adam he should never be tamed however lest he lose his identity civilization rubs down the points in our character as the surf rounds the pebble the masses round us we are polished and insufferably proper but have no angles left it is the angles that give the diamond its lustre are you hungry when the index of shadows points out from the base of old sentinel rock and touches that column of descending spray they call yosemite i go to dinner the fall of the yosemite what a dream it is a dream of the lotus eaters and an aspiration of the ideal in nature you cannot realize it and yet you will never forget it don't take it too early in the spring when it is less ethereal nay somewhat heavy rather see it in summer after the rains or in autumn better than all when it is like a tissue of diamond dust shaken upon the air it really seems a labour for it to reach its foaming basin it is so filmy spiritual delicate the very air woos it from its perpetual leap sudden currents of wind catch it up and whirl it away in their arms a trembling captive or dash it against the solemn and sad-looking rock where it clings for a moment then trickles down the scarred and rugged face of it fading in its descent sometimes it is waved back by the elements and almost seem to return into its cloudy nest up yonder close under the sky it only comes to us at last by impulses and all along its shining and vapory path rockets of spray shoot out like pendants dissolving singly and alone but to return to our muttons my dial says twelve m 
there is no winding up and down of weights here twelve m it is undoubtedly and mutton awaits these muttons were begotten here of muttons begotten here to the third or fourth generation their wool is clipped larded and spun here by one who lives here and loves this valley these mittens that keep the frost from my fingers are among the comforting results of this domestic economy in the cabin by the fireplace stands the old-fashioned spinning wheel and the old-fashioned body who manipulates the wool so skilfully is the light of our little household the shadow has struck twelve from old sentinel and i take the sun once a day and no oftener a cool bracing air a sharp run over the meadows for i see the hostess waving a signal at me for my tardiness and i am hungry on my own account such cliffs and vistas as one sees here make one hollow with looking at them and are calculated to keep a supply of appetite on hand do you like good long strips of baked squash how do you fancy bowls of warm milk milk that declares a creamy dividend before morning here is a fine fowl of our own raising one that has seen yosemite in its glory and in its gloom it ought to be good eating and i can affirm that it is that's a dinner for you and one where you can begin on pie the first thing if your soul craves it which it frequently does a storm brewing and rain in the lower valley never mind there is no hurry here one blushes to be caught worrying in the august presence of these mountains what can i do this stormy afternoon stop within doors and sit at the window a small gross beak overhead and we two looking out upon the rain and fog it is a mile nearly to that wall opposite but look up high as i can from my window i see no strip of sky here is a precipice of homely almost hideous-looking rock and above it a hanging garden those pines in that garden are a hundred feet and more in height measure the second cliff by their proportions how far is it think you to the garden above a thousand feet perhaps and three four no six of these terraces before you touch blue sky oh what a valley and where else under heaven are we sunk forty fathoms deep in shadow but the sun is up yet and there floats an eagle in its golden ray i like to watch the last beams burn out in that upper gallery among the pines there is a moment given us at sunset when we may partly realize the inexpressible sweetness of the eternal day that is promised us a dim religious light there is no screen or tent soft enough to render the effect perfectly only these few seconds at sunset seem to hint something of its surpassing tenderness what cloud effects look up a break in the heavens and beyond it the shoulder of a peak weighing some billions of tons but afloat now as soft in outline as the mists that envelop it what masses of clouds tumble in upon us the sky is obscured night is declared at once and the fowls go to roost at three p m how is the fall in this weather a silver braid dropped from one cloud to another its strands parted and joined again lost and found in its own element 
leaping from its dizzy eyrie in the clouds itself most cloud-like it is lost in a whirlwind of foam now it is as a voice heard faintly above the wind borne hither and thither long stinging nights plenty of woolen blankets and delicious sleep then the evenings so cosy around the fire h reads scott we listen and comment baby is a bed long ago little baby four years old born here also knowing nothing of the beautiful world save what is gathered in this gallery of beauties such a queer little child left to herself no doubt thinking she is the only little one in existence contented to teeter for hours on a plank by the woodpile making long explorations by herself and returning when we are all well frightened with a pocketful of lizards and a wasp in her fingers always talking of horned toes and heifers not afraid of snakes not even the rattlers mocking the birds when she is happy and growling bear fashion to express her disapproval of anything when the snows come there will be avalanches by day and night rushing into all parts of the valley the hermit hears a rumbling in the clouds as he hoes his potatoes he looks a granite pilaster hewn out by the hurricane centuries ago at last grown weary of clinging to that precipitous bluff lets go its hold and is dashed from crag to crag in a prolonged and horrible suicide a pioneer once laid him out a garden and marked the plan of his cellar he was to begin digging the next day that night there leaped a boulder from under the brow of this cliff right into the heart of the plantation it dug his cellar for him but he never used it it behooved him and others to get farther out from the mountain that found this settler too familiar and sent a random shot as a sufficient hint to the intruder in the trying times when the world was baking what agony these mountains must have endured you see it in their faces they are so haggard and old-looking time is swallowed up in victory but it was a desperate duel there is a dome here that the ambitious foot of man has never attempted tisayak allows no such liberty look up at that rose-coloured summit the sun endows it with glory long after twilight has shut us in we are cheated of much daylight here it comes later and goes earlier with us but we get hints of brighter hours both morning and evening from those sparkling minarets now decked with snowy arabesques i have seen our canopy the clouds so crimsoned at this hour that the valley seemed a grand oriental pavilion whose silken roof was illuminated with a million painted lamps the golden woods of autumn distract nothing from the bizarre effects of the spectacle to be sure these walls are rather sombre for a festival but the sun does what it can to enliven them whilst the flame-coloured oaks and blood-spotted azaleas projecting on all sides from the shelving rocks resemble to a startling degree galleries of blazing candelabra night dispels this illusion it is so very deep and mysterious here the solemn procession of the stars silently passes over us i see taurus pressing forward and anon orion climbs on hand and knee over the mountain in hot pursuit does it tire you to look so long at a gigantic monument i do not wonder the secret of self-esteem seems to lie in regarding our inferiors 
therefore let us talk of this frog i have heard his chorus a thousand times in the dark his is one of the songs of the night just watch him in the meadow pool see the contentment in his double chin he flings out three links of hind leg and carries his elbows akimbo his attitudes are unconstrained he is entirely without affectation life never bores him he keeps his professional engagements to the letter and sings nightly through the season whether hoarse or not it is a good plan to portion off the glorious vistas of yosemite allotting so many surprises to each day take for instance the ten miles of valley and passing slowly through the heart of it allow a tableau for every three hundred yards you are sure of this variety for the trail winds among a galaxy of snowy peaks turn as you choose it is either a waterfall at a new angle a cliff in profile a reflection in river or lake the sudden appearance of the supreme peak of all or ravine canyon cavern pine opening grove or prairie there is a point from which you may count over a hundred rocky fangs tearing the clouds to tatters i cannot tell you the exact location of this terrific climax of savage beauty try to find it and perhaps discover half a dozen as singular scenic combinations for yourself see all that you are told must be seen then go out alone and discover as much more for yourself and something no doubt dearer to your memory than any of the more noted haunts see mirror lake on a hill morning they said to me i saw it but went again in the evening and saw a vision that the reader may not expect to have reflected here it was the picture of the morning so softened and refined a veil of enchantment seemed thrown over it hamidryad or water nymph could not have startled me in that moment they belonged here and were looked for i shall hardly again renew those impressions it was all so unexpected and one is not twice surprised in the same manner that wondrous amphitheatre was for once made cheerful with the broad horizontal bars of fire that shifted about it yet all its lights were mellowed in the purpling mists of evening and the whole was pictured in little on the surface of the lake there was nothing earthly visible i thought then for everything seemed transfigured floating in a lucent atmosphere it was the hour when the birds are silent for the space of one intense moment stopping with one accord perhaps holding their breath till the spell is broken as i stood entranced a large golden leaf ready and willing to die let go its hold on the top bough of a tree overhanging the water from twig to twig it swung i heard every sound in its fall till it was out of the congregation of its fellows turning over and over in mid-air sailing toward the centre of the lake there it hung on the rim of that stainless crystal while a thin ring of silver light noiselessly expanded toward the shore the sun was down all the birds of heaven said so with their bubbling throats bewildered with the delicious conclusion of this illustration of still life i turned homeward dispelling the mirage then such a ride home in the keen air 
while a pillar of smoke rose over the little cabin telling me which of the hundred bowers of autumn sheltered my nest but again and again i have seen all pohono has breathed upon me with its fatal breath yet i survive it is said that three indian girls were long ago bewitched by its waters and now their perturbed spirits haunt the place those perfectly round rainbows may form the nimbus for each of the martyrs they at any rate look supernatural enough for such an office the wildly wooded pass to the vernal and nevada falls has echoed to my tread i have been sprayed upon till my spirit is never dry of the life-giving waters that flow so freely but i am just a little tired of all this i began to breathe short irregular breaths the soul of this mighty solitude oppresses me i want more air of the common sort and less wisdom in daily talks and walks i remember the pleasant nonsense of life over the mountains and sigh for those flesh-pots of egypt once in a while these rocks are full of texts and teachings these cliffs are tables of stone graven with laws and commandments i read everywhere mysterious ciphers and hieroglyphics every changing season offers to me a new palimpsest i do not quite like to play here i dare not be simple i am altogether too good to last long how many thousand ascensions have been made in these worshipful days i wonder not merely getting the body on to the tops of these wonderful peaks but going thither in spirit as when the soul goes up into the mountains to pray this eye-climbing is as fatiguing and perilous as any i feel the want of some pure blue sky a few farewell rambles associate themselves with packing up and plans of desertion not sad farewells in this case for if i never again meet these individual mountains i carry with me their memory eternal and incomparably glorious let us peep into this nook i got plentiful blackberries there in the spring together with stains and thorny scratches i haul myself over the ferry and back for old acquaintance sake the current is so lazy it seems incredible that the same waters are almost impassable at some seasons i succeed in wrecking a whole armada of floating leaves with stems like a bowsprit a few beetles take passage in these gilded barges no doubt for the antipodes did you ever drive up the cattle at milking time i have but not without endless trial and tribulation for they spill off the path on either side in a very remarkable way and when i rush after one with a flank movement the column breaks and falls back utterly demoralized a little strategy on the part of their commander which is myself triumphs in the end for i privately reconstruct and march them all up in detachments of one i look after the little trees the unbent twigs they are more interesting to me than your monsters this nursery of saplings sprang up in a night after a freshet here are quivering aspens trembling forever in penance for that one sin they once were gravely pointed out by the guide of a party of tourists as shuddering asps he is doubtless the same who being asked what that was pointing to the north dome six thousand feet in the air said he'd be hanged if he knew some knob or other 
i recall ten thousand pleasant times as i turn my face seaward not only the great and omnipotent shadows under the south wall of the valley nor the continuous canticles of the waters but innumerable little things that fill up and make life perfect the talks the walks with my friends here the parrot sultan fed daily from the table soliloquizing upon men and things in arabic and hindustani for he scorns english and talks in his sleep there is bobby the grosbeak brought to the door in pin feathers and skin like oiled silk by an indian his history is tragic this india brained the whole family and an assortment of relatives bobby alone remained to brood over the massacre was sold into bondage for two bits and a tin dipper without the bottom the sun seemed to lift his gloom for he sings a little sharpens his bill with great gusto and tomahawks a bit of fruit as though dealing vengeance upon the destroyer of his race when shall i see another cabin as this its great fireplaces and the loft heaping full of pumpkins oh yosemite oh halcyon days and bedtime at eight p m tucking in for ten good hours and up again at six good eatings and drinkings day by day mugs of milk and baked squash forever plenty of butter to our daily bread letters at wide intervals and long uninterrupted thinks about home and friends as the poet of the hermitage writes in one of his letters shall i ever again sit for two mortal hours hearing a housefly buzz in the window and thinking it a pleasant voice but alas those restless days when the air was full of driving leaves and i could find nothing on earth to comfort me i leave this morning opportunity takes me by the hand and leads me away the heart leaps with emotion everything is momentous in a quiet life this is the portal we entered one deepening dusk its threshold will soon be cushioned with snow let us hasten on if i were asked when is the time to visit yosemite i should reply go in the spring see the freshets and the waterfalls in their glory and the valley in its fresh and vivid greenness go again by all means in the autumn when the woods are powdered with gold dust and a dreaming haze sleeps in the long ravines when the stars sparkle like crystals and the mornings are frosty when the clouds visit us in person and the trees look like crayon sketches on a vapory background and the cliffs like leaning towers traced in sepia on a soft ground glass go in spring and autumn if possible i should choose autumn of the two but go at any hazard and do not rest till you have been you can enter and go out at this portal passing seaward to the left out of the gray and groping mists a form arises monstrous and awful in its proportions spurning the very earth that crumbles at its very base as it towers to heaven the vapors of the air cleave to its massive front the passing cloud is caught and torn in the grand carvings of its capitals gaze upon it in the solemnity of its sunlit surface impressive impassive magnetic having a pulse and the organs of life almost terrible as the forehead of a god the full splendor of the noonday cannot belittle it night cannot compass it the moon is paler in its presence 
and wastes her lamp the stars are hidden and lost over and beyond it across the face of it is borne forever the shadowy semblance of a swift and flying figure despair and desperation are in the nervous energy depicted in this marvellous medallion surely the indian may look with a degree of reverence upon that picture painted by the morning light fading in the meridian day and gone altogether by evening a grand etching of colossal proportions representing the great chief tutahuanca in his mysterious flight the wandering jew might look upon it and behold his traditional beard and flowing robes blown here by the winds in the rapidity of his desperate haste it is the last one sees of the valley as it is the last any one has seen of tutuchanula he fled into the west cycles ago and i follow him now into the west nest building and getting into the shadow and resting after the door of the mountain is passed and my soul no longer beats impetuously against those stormy walls with uncovered head having nothing between me and saturn wiser i trust for my intercourse with these masters purer in heart and holier for my prolonged vigil with careful and reverential steps i pass out of yosemite shadows End of chapter eight